Hello, you're listening to the Adams and Hayes podcast. The podcast where two blokes who should really know better try to make health and safety a little less boring. This week we've got an exciting guest episode with Patrick Tideman from Stalson, a challenger brand in the PPE industry. So, let's get into it. Okay, so um, on today's podcast, as we said at the stop, start of the show, we've got Patrick Tideman. Um, Patrick, we'd love to just hear qu- really quickly um, who you are and what you do. Very good, Dan. Thank you very much. And thanks very much for the invitation just to support you today. And um, yeah, my name is Patrick Tideman, Director of Stalson. Stalson's essentially a glove manufacturer, but perhaps a manufacturer with a difference and that is a hand protection advisor a hand protection partner mm. awesome so i think we're we're gonna have we're gonna have a chat with patrick today um i was really excited to get patrick on the first time i met patrick um one of my colleagues has invited a new ppe supplier to come and give us a presentation and um they were coming to talk to us about gloves. And I thought, oh, I've seen this before. Here we go. Um, and I went into the meeting and I think within about five minutes, uh, Patrick and you had a colleague with you at the time had completely blown my mind. And I never thought anybody would ever be able to blow my mind with gloves. Um, but we're, we're going to spend some time today really trying to dig into who Stalson are and, and why you are able to blow people's minds uh when it comes to gloves um and yeah really excited to get into it so i think probably the first question to you patrick is what is safety really about that's an interesting question dan i don't claim to be a health and safety professional but i probably know just a little bit about hand protection and perhaps a little bit about the subject of PPE. But just to your point regarding safety, I'd say it's um, essentially about um, the productivity of individuals in an environment where there's um, the risk of uh, detrimental harm, both physically and mentally is negated and managed at um, to ensure that at the end of the day, they've had both productive and fulfilling experience. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, so Dan kind of, um, introduced how he came around Stalson's. Um, I, I suppose I've got to do the same again. It was a colleague, uh, introduced, myself to Patrick, um, we were looking at providing better hand protection and coming up with solutions on why people weren't wearing hand protection. Whatever we, we provided, whatever um, employee consultation we had, no matter what what product we supplied them, they'd, they'd take them off. It, it would Either the hands were too warm or too cold or the grip wasn't sufficient or, or whatever it was. So we, we had the meeting with Patrick um, Patrick was kind enough to give us some samples. We pushed them out into the field, briefed people on why we were doing a trial of, um, of the hand protection. And I went back a week later and I didn't need to ask any questions because everybody was still wearing them. And to me, that was like a massive indictment that they, they must really like these 
because they've discarded everything else. And when I, when I did kind of get around to asking them and say, well, you must like the gloves, you're still wearing them. They turned around and went, what are you talking about? To them, it wasn't a trial. To them, this was an issue. Um, they, they liked the gloves, they were wearing the gloves and they're using them. So, so yeah, it was really successful. I um, think that's, I think there's a part in there about the productivity element, which is there is so much lost productivity over people banging their heads against brick walls because you're going on site and you're seeing that people aren't wearing particular elements of PPE that they do need. And we've talked before about making sure that you justify the PPE and there's a reason why, and I think we'll we'll touch on this a little bit more um, with Patrick in, in a moment, but I think one of the things that you you kind of covered there, Patrick, is that productivity and that fulfillment. And people are not going to walk away from a job feeling fulfilled at the end of the day if they've just been constantly badgered by somebody with a clipboard for not wearing the gloves. And they're not going to be productive if, you know, over a longer period of time, because those gloves aren't right, they're, you know, in the short term, maybe causing issues at work, but then longer term, they're causing health issues because their hands aren't protected. Absolutely. I think there's an inclination to, uh, or a mindset that says safety is something we have to do from a mandatory point of view. Whereas actually, if we, you've used the expression people, if we actually peel right back to the root cause of why safety exists, it's for the care of people and protection of people. That then comes through as we work it through to, um, as I say, managing at risk, ensuring they have a fulfilling experience, they go home, exactly the same condition in which they um, arrived. And that drives, that becomes then, you might say, we become passionate and engaged, have very meaningful conversations. And our mindset then becomes infectious to them. They understand that we've only got the whole reason we're having these safety conversations is actually with a very positive outcome mm. in mind. Mm. And what we're trying to do in terms of how we protect them and so so forth is actually all to advantage to make their life easier mm. and so on. So it's all about, I, I, I believe it's a mindset thing. If everybody's aligned in terms of the journey we're on, what we're trying to achieve, and um, that comes through in the way we engage and the equipment we provide and the systems we support with and so on, that then becomes very dynamic and delivers the outcomes we're mm. looking for. Mm. But it's people that are at the, um, at the, you might say, root of everything we're doing. Yeah. Definitely, people yeah. are. When, when we first met, that, that message came across loud and clear. It was, I think it was important, especially to, to David Bromley Walsh. He's, he's got really strong morals where safety is concerned. Um, to him, he wanted, uh, he, he liked the Stalson culture. He liked the, we don't just supply hand protection. We we care about the people that are using them. So we're giving you the best product we can give you in order for it to make a difference rather than we're going to supply some gloves. Mm. Uh, so really, yeah, that, that really hit home with us. Um, 
within the first half an hour of the conversation. Um, so on that note, can you tell us who Stalson are? What's the story so far? Thanks, Anthony. Just quite simply, that Stalson um, started in 2012 as I say, a glove manufacturer, but essentially a hand protection partner. Um, most of our history since 2012 has been operating in Europe with um, the manufacturing industry. But at the end of 2020, early 21, we came into the UK, focused on construction and infrastructure, and we've broadened out from there to the um, whole spectrum of industry. But I guess the key thing is that we are doing things differently. Um, it's actually quite interesting, just as you were speaking, Anthony, I was thinking that one of our three core values as a business is the human touch. Um, it's very much about understanding needs, understanding thought processes, understanding mm. what's really gonna um, affect change, if you like. And one of our core values is the human touch. So where we ourselves as a business are engaging from a human point of view with people and we have that conscientiousness that we'd rather not supply a glove than supply the wrong glove. So let's flip that, that actually we're committed to supplying the right glove or the right hand protection to ensure that those individuals are looked after and we deliver those positive outcomes. So that's a little bit about Stalson that we're very much a people driven organization, people based, um, very committed to um, doing things differently with a view to reduction of hand injuries, finally elimination of hand injuries, which let's not um, forget that hand injuries for many companies are a significant part of total injuries. So it's not we're going around trying to find a needle in the haystack. This is something that is a major challenge for organizations. When we're talking about hand injuries, we're talking about something that could be a small nickel cut, but right through to an amputation. So could be a very significant life-changing injury. So that's really working right against the whole, that acceptance, if you like, of the hand injuries are part of life, part of business, part of whatever, works right against what we were saying about safety, the whole idea of safety, what we said at the outset, that is the whole idea of having that productive, fulfilling experience individuals going home in exactly the same condition as when they arrived mm. Mm. i mean um does that does that make sense yeah yeah i think people take um their digits um for granted i certainly do and if i have a a small cut um maybe a kitchen knife something like that um you kind of realize how much you, your hands not hurting or not having any injuries to your hands mm. how much you take that for granted I totally agree. But again, it comes back to this point of alignment that and values and shared values. And the whole idea of sharing is it comes right through the business, right from the top to the bottom. So you can't exactly expect individuals to be caring for their digits, as you put it, or their hands, if actually the equipment that they're being issued is, um, is second rate. And so the whole thing about value of hands, but actually it's value of people, value of every part of the body, but let's, we're talking about hands as a, on this um, conversation. That has really got to come right from the top. 
that's got to come from director level saying, do you know what? We're absolutely committed to the protection of hands. We recognize that hands and eyes are two of the most valuable assets that anyone's got in this working environment. There's no chance that we want to see. Um, we understand the implications of injured hands, not just to while they're working with us in business, but in their private lives and operatives, private lives and so on, it affects their whole quality of life and outcomes. We are actually committed, therefore, to protecting people's hands. Once you've got that mindset and that flows through the business, have you got really any issue then with compliance? No, because everybody's getting the message. Mm-hmm. So it's such a salient point, which is you can communicate that you really care about people's health and safety by giving them the right products. I think there are so many experiences I've had where I've maybe stood in a room with a senior manager and they've gone, well, yeah, safety is our number one priority. But then there's something simple that is missing. Um, and it might be that the, P- the standard of the PPE, it might be that they haven't thought properly about the welfare. It might be that they haven't communicated clearly um, the working time for the day and when certain things need to be. And it might be something completely non, I mean, I say, I think everything can be safety related, something non-safety related, like they just don't have the right materials on site. And actually all that stuff adds up to being able to to back yourself up when you say we really care about you as workers. I think the thing about um, PPE, and I think it's similar in, in when we talk about welfare, is that the regulator kind of review, view those things as indicative of what's going on under the surface. Totally agree. Um, I think, again, let's just take this to a higher level and then work its way through. So we could we could view safety as just being, I was going to say, excuse the expression, but necessary evil or a tick box exercise or whatever. Um, but actually, if we realise that a safe business is a profitable business. There's a whole business case that sits behind taking safety seriously and doing it properly. Now, I actually firmly believe that we need, we spoke earlier about Stas and being instructor, and it's about change. It's about change of mindset. When it comes to PPE, to pick up your point, PPE, the amount of times I hear it said that PPE actually at the end of the day is a um, last resort. I absolutely get that, that in the hierarchy of controls, it is a last resort. Now, the mindset typically, if safety is a chore, if safety is just something that has to be done, the mindset then resorts to saying, well, do you know what? Because it's the last line of defense, it's the lowest priority. Well, actually, if you flip it and say, do you know what? If that last line of defence fails, we've got a real problem because that works right against our objective of returning our operatives home safe and well in exactly the same condition. So therefore, all of a sudden it has actually high priority because we want to ensure that there's no chance of failure on that last line of defence. So therefore, PPE all of a sudden, instead of going... So instead of being in a position of low priority, actually, no, this has um, this is, uh, is a real key factor in the whole 
um, whole principle of protection of our staff. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think what I'm imagining here is I'm seeing the sort of hierarchy of controls triangle and you've got eliminate at the top with the big words next to it, which says most effective. And then right at the bottom, it says PPE least effective. And I wonder if the challenge we need to put to people is why would you make the least effective control even less effective? Exactly. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, the fact, the very fact you're considering PPE means that everything else has been, you might say, worked through and so on. So clearly there's a need for PPE. This whole idea of fit for purpose, um, essentially, at the end of the day, if we're just treating PPE as a commodity rather than equipment, we're treating it as the same as our, with mm. the greatest respect, center feed rolls or toilet rolls or whatever that looks like on a one size fits all and so on. Actually, we're still having to invest money, but just means we don't get the return on investment. It works right against this mm -hmm. alignment of mindset that we were talking about because individuals feel they're being issued equipment that isn't mm -hmm. fit for what they're trying to achieve. So the whole thing then becomes mm -hmm. misplaced. There's, um, I was going to say, there's actually, although it's the traditional way of looking at things, there's no, it doesn't make commercial sense. Commercial common sense is to actually have alignment and give guys what they need that um, enables them to do their job in a safe way. Just as far as gloves are concerned, sorry, I'm probably doing too much talking, but just as far as gloves are concerned, we say that you need to have three key ingredients, um, protection, functionality, and comfort um, when you're looking at the hand protection that's being issued. Just remember that 70% of hand injuries occur when gloves are off hand. So essentially you want gloves on hands at all times, but they'll only be on hands at all times if they can do the job with the hand protection on and they're comfortable because otherwise remove the gloves to enable you to do the job. And I guess that was something from where Anthony was coming from earlier in terms of that type of work environment. And the other thing is, if the gloves actually are pretty uncomfortable, it's an obvious reason to remove gloves. So I think it's very much a bad yeah. to say, give guys what they need to do the job. They'll look after it. Not only will they wear it, they'll look after it and ensure you get yeah. maximum um, return on investment from it. Um, it, it in turn, you mm. then see not only a happy workforce, a productive workforce, but you see a reduction in all the nasty things such as um, such as downtime, sick, sick leave, um, claims, um, investigations, etc., mm. etc. Et so, to associate, if we can actually change the mindset, change the approach, um, there's actually a, a very solid business case that sits behind this. So we've talked about the glove side and, and how you get, you know, you get the gloves right. Um, that comfort thing is massive. And I think I've spoke to so many people in the past on sites not wearing gloves. And they're like, well, I can't wear the glove. It's, 
it's full of sweat. Like it's, I put it on two hours ago and we've been working. Mm. It's hot and now it's damp. So I can't do my job because every time I try to pick things up to do stuff, I drop it because the gloves are wet. So I'm just doing it without. Um, so I think the comfort thing is massively, massively underrated when it comes to providing gloves. So I think you might have answered the question a little bit, but I know there's slightly more to Stalson than just getting the gloves right. So if we're talking about going to, you know, buy decent gloves for the workforce, you you could just go to a hardware store or, or an online marketplace and order, you know, order a, a big bulk box of gloves. And I've seen that done many of times. Um, can you tell us a bit about how Stalson do gloves differently? Because it, you, you, your product's obviously different, but then there are there are other parts that that come with the glove, as it were. Yeah, no, that's um, that's interesting. It's actually pretty straightforward, and that is very much. We have an expression. I think it's actually an expression that comes from the safety professional community, and it's about listening loudly. And essentially, I do think that that's a key point for PPE manufacturers, actually, to be listening to the needs of industry and so on, and individuals. So that's essentially our standpoint, that we're listening to um, needs of the industry. That then drives our innovation of products um, so that we're meeting unfulfilled needs, but also it very much um, drives our whole um, you might say engagement process, uh, development of partnerships and so on. Um, so that our whole approach is we're not exactly just looking to supply the next pack of gloves. We want to supply the right glove and we want to supply gloves that will um, deliver positive outcomes. So it's very much about our focus, our metric of success is reduction of hand injuries and really driving um, a culture where value where hands are valued so it's really important that we get all stakeholders aligned when we say we're going to take hand protection seriously and get the whether it's operationally or whether it's the health and safety support um, function that we get alignment right the way through that says do you know what from here on we're going to take protection of hands seriously now to your point, um, Dan, you're not going to get that sort of expertise, that sort of support, that sort of um, approach in terms of ensuring you have exactly the right glove rather than the glove just being a glove. You're not going to get that from a hardware store, um, with the greatest respect. There's, and this is, I think, may have mentioned it earlier, that the whole approach of moving gloves from just being commodities to being technical pieces of equipment, you therefore need a partner who understands your business mm. and understands hand protection and can bring the two together so that you've got a essential solution. Yeah, I mean, like you referred to earlier, more safety professionals know that PPE is that last line of defense that you mentioned. If somebody isn't using that last line of defense, the defense isn't there. So why wouldn't you make sure that the PPE that you've selected is right? It's fit for purpose. It fits. It's comfortable. It does what it needs to do um, across all all different workspaces. 
Um, so you might you might have somebody that that needs um, dexterity. You might have somebody that needs warmth. You might have somebody that needs both. How can Stalson achieve that for people? I think so. We would approach it that no two organisations are exactly the same. Um, so it's first of all really understanding what the working environments are, yeah. what the risks present are, but also what the functionality requirements are. So there might be high dexterity, there might be more emphasis on manual handling or movement or of um, product or whatever it might be, what the combination is, and then really trying to say, okay, so have we got a product that meets this criteria? And if we haven't, and we see there's an opportunity for progress here, we'll actually go and develop that, that product. And so it's very much rather than just replicating what's already available, this is the part of the listening process, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I think then you start really this whole, I know it's used loads, but I think it's a very powerful expression, fit for purpose. You give guys product that they mm -hmm. can actually deliver their task, their activity in uh, with a degree of comfort, but knowing that they're protected, they've got an understanding actually of what that protection level is. So that immediately then gives a value to the equipment that they're being issued. Then you're starting to really get um, alignment and fulfillment that we spoke of at the beginning yeah. in terms of individuals really actually feeling that they go through a day well protected, but deliver their productivity, their task. So it's very much about taking the time, um, Anthony, just to answer your question, to really get that understanding and get those insights, to get the feedback, to do the trials, get the, see where the weak spots are. Yeah. Can we actually come up with something? I, I think the really key point, again, I'm sorry to, um, sorry to um, really emphasize this, but at the end of the day, PPE is gonna cost you money, whatever. It's, it's gonna cost. So why not invest in something that's only actually going to deliver you positive results? It may cost you 10% more, but if you put your whole cost in there rather than just your unit cost in terms of lifetime duration, in terms of injury reduction, in terms of et cetera, et cetera, it actually is a no brainer. Yeah. So what we're talking about here, and I think it's really important when we're talking about PPE, and we're talking about hand protection specifically today, we're talking about PPE, let's talk about value rather than cost. When Dan introduced uh, Stalson's, he's, he mentioned Stalson being a disruptor brand. Um, do you think the safety industry needs disrupting? And if so, why? And so I can't really comment exactly the, the wider safety industry because I do see a lot of innovation, a lot of progress, a lot of real good stuff happening. And I, so I can't comment too intelligently on that, but I think the whole approach to PPE does need disrupting for the reasons that I've mentioned, mm -hmm. but I think 
there's because PPE isn't seen to be have the critical role that actually it does have. There's actually, I was going to say, a contentment to do what we've always done. So it's just, uh, that's what we've always done. We'll carry that forward. And if legislation changes, we'll adjust it accordingly and so on. But essentially, yeah. if that's the case, yeah. okay, you'll get what you've always got. You'll, you don't show yeah. any progress in terms of um, improvement of performance, etc. Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. I enjoy personally conversations with business directors because they are the guys that should be leading the change. And in there, mm. and then, but on the other side, the flip side, the actual PPE manufacturers, the brands, if you will, and so on, they need to be seen to be having those engaging conversations, to be applying innovation to the uh, development of products that reflect the needs of the um, of the industry. And therefore, you then come up with, you know, it's not rocket science, it's rather than just producing things that somebody locked away in a room thinks is a great idea, it's actually something that's, mm. you might say, ticking the boxes, the specific needs mm. that exist. So I think a whole change of approach, both sides, both in terms of getting directors yeah. and so on to, if you go to a director and you start talking about PPE, at the end of the day, they're unlikely to be interested. But when you talk about mm. protection of hands and the value of hands in our case, then, hey, mm -hmm. we've actually got, as a business, we've got an obligation to look after people's hands and do things properly. I think I think what I'm hearing you, you say, Patrick, and, and correct me if... I've, I've misheard this, but I think you've mentioned it a couple of times, which is the change of hat, say, PPE to hand protection in terms of what styles can do. The idea there being that we're moving away from something that is probably reactive and we, we're reacting to risk, which we still need to do, to a perspective of giving people the right equipment to be able to deliver they're in their role and I think that's something that I see a lot of the time all over the place and you know we'll, we'll speak to different people in the industry in terms of safety we'll speak to people at work we'll speak to people outside of work and the rest of it is oh here come the safety da 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 well actually know what we're trying to do is make sure you've got the right equipment to be able to do this job right um, and I think one of the things that is massively massively underestimated is the indirect cost associated with doing it incorrectly totally absolutely so so i think it needs i suppose if i'm absolutely honest I, i'm pretty outspoken about this because if i <laughs> i'm going to say now that hand protection i feel is actually the poor relation you mentioned gloves so gloves are gloves is the traditional uh, thing at the end of the day as long as your hands are covered it'll stop them getting dirty 
um, with just turning a blind eye to the other risks that exist and so on. Whereas if we look at something like RPE, RPE, I'd say it's got a high profile. Mm -hmm. We understand that come across mm -hmm. silicon or asbestos, you know, softwoods, hardwoods, whatever. We need to take it seriously. I mean, we've actually got as far as things like face fit testing and so on. So it's like, um, it's broadly speaking, it has a high profile. There's recognition of its value and take, taking things seriously. When it comes to other areas of the body, and there may well be other areas that, I, you know, I can't probably comment quite so intelligently, but I do know about hands, <laughs> that it just hasn't got that, mm. that uh, profile. But in actual fact, if somebody does have the um, misfortune, I was going to say, to a certain extent, the tragedy of losing, say, fingertips, um, or something that actually affects the quality of their life at home and so on mm. through, um, uh, for example, um, had somebody who, um, I'm just trying to think what their actual, um, I think they were scaffolder or something like that, but they were saying that instead of taking about 15 to 20 seconds to um, do up a shirt in the morning, it now takes them something like three and a half minutes and so on. These are like real life scenarios. And so we have to, I think really hand protection, gloves as you called it earlier, or we called it, um, there's a whole uh, opportunity, should we say, to raise the profile to where it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, the. HSE have recently done their Dust Kills campaign, which is an important campaign. Uh, the amount of people that are still out using the, the correct fitting RPE, et cetera, um, it's, it's still, still large. That's why the HSE have had to do a campaign on it. But it would be really good to see a campaign for other pieces of PPE, um, hand protection, eye protection, things like that, to, to kind of really drive home the message that we need to look after the whole person not just parts of the person. We know certain um, dust and asbestos, etc., can affect the lungs in a way that is debilitating. Well, if somebody loses a digit, that's going to be debilitating. People come to work to earn money, to provide for their families, to live the life that they want to live. If you're losing body parts in the process of doing that, we're all doing something wrong. Absolutely. I, I totally, I totally agree. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, um, you, you've just really touched on the fact that hand injuries is it affects quality of life kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. How, how critical they are to, and yet it's the most injured part of the body for most organizations. So you've actually got a paradox there yeah. in terms of you're actually saying, you're saying, we're all saying that hands are really, really important, but actually you could go to most organizations and say, What's your most, what's your largest area of concern when it comes to total injuries? Many would say hand injuries is in the top two. Mm -hmm. So, it, so there's a paradox there, and it, but it's because the mindset hasn't changed, hasn't moved, if you like, with the times to actually say, well, there are innovations, there are things that move forward in terms of products and 
But actually, more than that, the whole um, basis, you might say, of actually saying, well, do you know what? If we give guys the equipment they need to look after these most precious assets, not only will it um, look after their hands, uh, make them a, a more engaged workforce and so on, but it will reduce the uh, these negative stats that we're getting, we'll get positive outcomes, mm. and it's a win-win. Definitely. I mean, just to sort of not to labour on the point too much about how important hands are, but um, Anthony knows that outside of work, I play touch rugby um, and have in the last year broken two fingers um, doing that. And it's not because <laughs> touch rugby is particularly violent. It's just because I can't catch a ball very well. Um, you get treated like royalty. Honestly, when you go into the hospital, and the first time I went, I was like, oh, I don't need to go to the hospital. And Anthony, Anthony bullied me I... to go into the hospital. I'm going to have to tell a bit more of a story on that, Dan. Because although I bullied you into going to the hospital, you finished the report first. Yeah, I was... Yeah, you were being stubborn. Yeah. Yeah, I literally was in the middle of writing a report and went, I'm going to finish the report, then I'll go to hospital. Um, but they treat you like royalty. Um, and it was it was really eye opening because I was like, well, you know, there's there's um, there's people who really need, you know, be sat in A and E, um, and luckily in in the area where I live, they have a specialist hand unit um, as part of thing. But they have a specialist hand unit. Um, yes, I'm glad you didn't just brush over that point. So you know, I was uh, the, you don't get lumped in general. Um, in sort of the general populace they take you through a proper thing and i i was like what this is this is insane like i was not expecting this much care and the doctors were very you know hands are very important and and they explained it to me it, was, it wasn't until i'd done that that i thought oh my gosh yeah actually um and thankfully they're just really small breaks that they don't require any um just stress fractures basically from getting a ball on the end of your finger at a dodge angle and you don't realize until even just a tiny little, and actually when you looked at the x-ray, the break is, is tiny. It's not, it's not significant at all. Um, but it, the impact is massive. Um, I think that's something that maybe we don't, we don't realize. And I think you, you've kind of covered Patrick is that mm. you don't realize how important your hands are until you injure them, even in a small way. And actually the response you get from the health services, like I say, I felt like I was being treated like royalty. Absolutely. I, I think it actually is a little bit of a toxic mix, if I'm absolutely honest. And that is, first of all, we take hands for granted. Yeah. So essentially, we we actually just have this sort of um, thought process. Well, it's not even a thought process because there isn't any thought that goes behind it, that actually our hands will pretty much cope with anything we throw at them. Um, and so quite often you find that situations are impulsive. There's actually people have gone straight into a situation sometimes to protect a product more than their own cells and therefore use their hands yeah. straight yeah. into an area of risk hmm. with that just on the basis that actually these hands are how many years old, I've still got them. They pretty much can cope. Hmm. Now, so you've got that thought process or that mindset of saying hands are hands, they're not, you know, overall they'll be fine. But then you're saying, um, 
actually, although we know they're valuable, we're just going to give a covering to them in terms of a glove mm. just to keep them clean. I mean, actually, cleanliness is probably pretty low on the priority list. So it's actually saying, right, okay, this whole thing, we've got to turn it upside down. Because so actually, there are no replacement parts. There's actually quite a part, few parts mm. of the body that can be replaced, but you can't replace a digit. No, you can't replace there's no sticking the, the tip on ice until you get okay. to hospital so they can re-add it. That's just, that's Hollywood. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you do have the misfortune of injuring, that can actually, it can be painful at the time, but can also have long-term effects in terms of arthritis, etc. Mm. And that then also affects quality of life, etc. So there's this whole thing about saying, well, do you know what? Therefore, I can't take risks with these and I need to protect them yeah. at all times. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a whole, now that's with the individuals, but obviously it's then coming right through from the top and that's going back to this point of alignment, actually saying, okay, we understand as business owners that the hands of our, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, take for example, construction or take for example, engineering or take whatever. It's actually hands that deliver your results. Okay. Mm -hmm. It might be, mm -hmm. there might be electricians or what have you obvious when it comes to operating machinery, it might be plants or whatever. It's still hands doing the um it might be lathes of that but it's going to be hands that actually load and unload and operate the control panel and bloody part so it's hands that mm. actually deliver business mm. if that makes sense so i think that therefore you get Definitely. that whole um recognition and it creates a new mm. level of value raise the profile and a new approach, and as I say, the rest from there is common sense. What would be, what would be the top three things you would say other sectors of safety need to learn? Um, I think we've probably covered quite a lot of it, but just to summarise, what would be the top three? <laughs> to a certain extent, excuse me, I'm not, um, I'm not um, treating in any way your question with disdain, but. Do it right, do it right, do it right. Because our whole reason for being as Stalson is essentially we're delivering positive outcomes, which are essentially business cases. So if mm. you want to have a safe business, which as we said earlier, is a profitable business, do it right. Mm -hmm. And I think because safety is often just a um, seen to be an as I say, we said earlier, just something that we have to do rather than something we actually believe in. It tends to be something we just tick a box. Mm -hmm. But I, I just think mm -hmm. there is, from the broader point of view, take safety seriously. If you take it seriously and passionate about it, that's infectious. So I think there's very much the... I'd say that every safety professional needs to be very um, passionate about people. 
So I think mm-hmm. there's uh, and the opportunity for progress. I think the recognition of continuous improvement is um, something that's mm-hmm. really key. So do it right. Be listening, but look for opportunities to progress. Mm. Opportunities to progress actually are. Um, it does mean a bit of pain. Change is mm-hmm. not something that everybody welcomes, and it does take a bit of elbow grease mm-hmm. to actually make it happen. It takes a bit of perhaps building new relationships or a bit of research, a bit of say just hard work to make it happen. But once you've got it in place, everybody feels good because you've got the positive outcomes. You've got the people feeling that they've actually been listened to, there's been um, enhancement in their working conditions, etc. So I think um, I'll probably just divert that a little bit, just go back to your point, um, do it right, do it properly, do it professionally. Um, whether you're mm. tier one, tier two, tier three, whatever that looks like, whether you've got a thousand operatives or 10, do it right. Um, then look for opportunities for continuous improvement. Does that make sense then? Yeah, it does. So I think what I'm hearing is people focused, listen, Listen, absolutely. In it, in order to enable value and productivity. Exactly. And if we can treat, if we can treat safety in that thing of focus on the people, listen to what they're saying. Um, that's what's going to generate our value and productivity. And I think the 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 one thing that you said there that probably I haven't summarized quite so eloquently in that that in that little statement is, it's about that value and that productivity. Patrick, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. If somebody wanted to get in touch with yourself or Stalson, um, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, thanks very much, Anthony. It's been great to um, just uh, contribute to this podcast. I really enjoyed it. Um, so if anybody would like to reach out to me or Stalson, probably the best thing is to contact Stalson in the first instance. Um, do that through the website, www.stalson.com. Um, thank, thank you very much, Anthony. Fantastic. Thank you, Patrick. I will add the Stalson website to our link tree. So if you click on the link in our bio on social media, it'll send you to link tree. And on there, we've got um, links mm. to things that we think that uh, people That's the like. so- social media expert kicking it, kick it out as usual. I've got no idea why you keep referring to me as an expert on social media. However, it's very interesting that a mutual acquaintance of ours said that he thought Dan did the social media stuff because he didn't think I'd be good enough at it. <laughs> so I appreciate much, that. Much better and much bigger attention span for social media than I do. So anyway, so that's uh, that's us for this, this episode. Um, obviously, if you're enjoying the Adams and Hayes podcast and you're enjoying the content we'd love to hear from you it's really helpful if you could um, rate and review us and obviously subscribe if you haven't already um, to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts 
the reason for that is it it just helps us uh, in terms of being able to craft say craft I don't know if we can quite call it craft but we can tailor our content and we can make sure that we're you know we're doing the stuff that you enjoy and we're not doing the stuff that maybe you don't enjoy so we'll have a bit of feedback if you jump onto your podcast platform wherever you get your podcasts you should be able to rate us uh, and on certain platforms you can give us a review as well uh, or you can contact us via email at podcast at aahcs.co.uk um, or you can find us on any of the social media platforms that you probably use most our handle is adams underscore hayes so we'd love to hear from you if you've got any content uh any content suggestions any compliments or any criticisms that you think we need to take on board we would love to hear them so for now thank you and goodbye until next time stay safe stay healthy and stay well <laughs>